On Wednesday afternoons, we have a short, reflective service between 1 and 1.30pm, consisting of scripture readings, meditations and silences, which centre around a particular theme. This is that service, with the silences removed. If you wish to observe a moment of contemplative silence, then please pause the podcast at the relevant place and resume it when you're ready. If you like what we're doing at First Church and would wish to contribute to the work, then go to www.firstchurchbelfast.org and click on the donate button. Everything is gratefully received. Now, here is this week's lunchtime service. Hello and welcome to our lunchtime reflective service here in First Church Belfast. We welcome you if you're joining with us online via Facebook or later on via YouTube. And it's a short 20 or so minute service of Bible readings and meditations from various authors and uh, interspersed with silence. And each week we take a theme uh, to look at and this week's theme is that of solitude. Not just the state of being alone but withdrawing ourselves for a greater purpose. I pause to commune with the divine. Help me to be still and know that you are God. Ease away any tense muscles or strained nerves or wrought up emotions. Let me be relaxed in body and calm in spirit so that I may be more responsive to your presence. I pause, O God, to commune with you. Some words from Luke's Gospel. Once Jesus was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God was coming, and he answered, The kingdom of God is not coming with things that can be observed, nor will they say, Look, here it is, or there it is. For in fact, the kingdom of God is among you. And from Out of Solitude by Henry Nouwen. In solitude we can slowly unmask the illusion of our possessiveness and discover in the centre of our own self that we are not what we can conquer but what is given to us. In solitude we can listen to the voice of him who spoke to us before we could speak a word, who healed us before we could make any gesture to help, who set us free long before we could free others, and who loved us long before we could give love to anyone. It is in this solitude that we discover that being is more important than having, and that we are worth more than the result of all our efforts. In solitude we discover that our life is not a possession to be defended, but a gift to be shared. It's there we recognize that the healing words we speak are not just our own, but are given to us. That the love we can express is part of a greater love and that the new life we bring expresses a part of a greater, part for it is not a property to cling to, but a gift to be received.
some words from the book of Ecclesiastes. For everything there is a season, and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to throw away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. What gain have the workers from their toil? I have seen the business that God has given to everyone to be busy with. He has made everything suitable for its time. Moreover, he has put a sense of past and future into their minds, yet they cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. I know that there is nothing better for them than to be happy and to enjoy themselves as long as they live. Moreover, it is God's gift that all should eat and drink and take pleasure in their toil. And a passage from The Adventure Inward by Morton Kelsey. As long as my mind is raging with thoughts, ideas, plans and fears, I cannot listen significantly to God or any other dimension of reality. In his book Doors of Perception, Aldous Huxley suggested that our sense organs, nervous systems and brains are basic, basically eliminative in nature. They are designed to help us survive on the surface of this particular planet, and so they cut down or tune out many other possible realms or experiences. They rivet our attention on the physical realm and keep us from being confused and overwhelmed by much useless and irrelevant information. However, in the process they keep out of touch with other dimensions of reality. We human beings can experience a spiritual dimension as well as a physical one. In quietness we find detachment and so untie ourselves from total attention to outer physical reality then we sometimes find another kind of experience breaking through. Only those entirely brainwashed by Western materialism ignore this possibility. Some words from Matthew's Gospel. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. 
He fasted for forty days and forty nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, All these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. A passage from Christian Spirituality of the East for Western Man by Catherine de Huyck Dockery. Deserts, silence, solitudes are not necessarily places but states of mind and heart. These deserts can be found in the midst of the city and in the everyday of our lives. We need only to look for them and realize our tremendous need for them. They will be small solitudes, little deserts, tiny pools of silence. But the experience they will bring, if we are disposed to enter them, may be as exultant and as holy as all the deserts of the world, even the one God himself entered. For it is God who makes solitude, deserts, and silences holy. Consider the solitude of walking from the subway train or bus to your home in the evening, when the streets are quieter and there are fewer passers-by. Consider the solitude that greets you when you enter your room to change your office or working clothes to more comf comfortable homely ones. Consider the solitude of a housewife, alone in her kitchen, sitting down for a cup of coffee before beginning the work of the day. Think of the solitudes offered by such humble tasks as house cleaning, ironing and sewing. One of the first steps towards solitude is a departure. Were you to depart to a real desert, you might take a plane or a train or a car to get there. But we're blind to the little departures that fill our days. These little solitudes are often right behind a door which we can open, or in a little corner when we can, where we can stop to look at a tree that somehow survived the snow and dust of a city street. There is the solitude of a car in which we return from work, riding bumper to bumper on a crowded street. This too can be a point of departure to a desert, silence or solitude. 
but our hearts and minds and souls must be attuned, desirous, aware of these moments of solitude that God gives us. Some verses from Psalm 37. Do not fret because of the wicked. Do not be envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good, so that you will live in the land and enjoy security. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him and he will act. He will make your vindication shine like the light and the justice of your cause like the noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret over those who prosper in their way, over those who carry out evil devices. A passage from the Imitation of Christ by Thomas Akempis. Exterior retirement is not sufficient to engage and satisfy a heart which would really withdraw itself from creatures to be occupied on itself alone. But interior retirement is likewise necessary, which is a spirit of recollection and prayer. A soul which is separated from all the amusements of the senses seeks and finds in God that pure satisfaction which you can never meet within creatures. A respectful and frequent remembrance of the presence of God occupies the mind, and an ardent desire of pleasing him and of become worthy of his love engages the heart. It is absorbed in him alone. All things else dwindle into nothing. It buries itself in its dear solitude and dies to itself and all things in God. It breathes only his love. It forgets all but to remember only him. Penetrated with grief for its infidelities, it mourns incessantly in his presence. It sighs continually for the pleasure of seeing and possessing him in heaven. It nourishes itself with reading good books and with the exercise of prayer. It is never tired of treating with God on the affairs of salvation. At least it humbly supports the irksomeness it may experience, and with a view of honouring his sovereign dominion by the complete destruction of sin in itself, it renounces all desire of finding any other satisfaction than that of pleasing him. Some verses from Luke's Gospel. Once when he was in one of the cities, there was a man covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he bowed with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you choose, you can make me clean. Then Jesus stretched out his hand, touched him and said, 
I do choose. Be made clean. Immediately the leprosy left him, and he ordered him to tell no one. Go, he said, and show yourself to the priest, and, as Moses commanded, make an offering for your cleansing, for a testimony to them. But now, more than ever, the word about Jesus spread abroad. Many crowds would gather to hear him and to be cured of their diseases, but he would withdraw to deserted places to pray. And from Surprised by the Spirit by Edward Farrell. I spent many hours with Brother John in conversation and in silence, and came to realize anew the truth that the closer one is to God, the more deeply human one becomes. One of the first requests I made to John, after we had become acquainted, was to ask him for a word, a blessing of his wisdom, some gift from his prayer, a share in his experience. His response to my request was a deep smile. After John and I spent three days together, he invited me to spend a few days in solitude in his hermitage. He no doubt needed a rest from me, and I too was anxious to spend more time alone. John came to repossess his hermitage on the third day. We celebrated Eucharist together quietly. And when we had finished our thanksgiving, John turned to me and said, When you go back and talk with your people, tell them to be patient with God, to wait for him. I had forgotten that I had asked John for a word. And when I had forgotten it, it was given to me. And a benediction. Oh my God, when will silence, retirement and prayer become one of the occupations of my soul, as they are now frequently the objects of my desires? How am I wearied with saying so much, and yet doing so little for you? Come, Jesus, come. You, the only object of my love, the centre and supreme happiness of my soul. Come and impress my mind with such a lively conviction of thy presence, that all within me may yield to its influence. Amen.